2: Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program, and we come to you after a big win last night for Indiana. They're now eight and one on the season, one and one overall in the early portion of Big Ten conference play, and a lot to break down from last night. I think in a good way. I don't think we know this just yet. I think we need to see some of the upcoming games, but I think my prediction is the Rutgers game was an outlier for this Indiana team. It uh, was a tough road game after a big uh, major home game against North Carolina where the team had some letdown and just a tough place to play at Rutgers. If you need any proof of that, go back and look over the last few seasons who Rutgers has been able to knock off at home and how highly they were ranked or highly they were thought of in college basketball. But definitely a win, not just over Nebraska, but very convincing and very comfortable 81-65 The final score, I know Nebraska trimmed it down to, what, nine points a few times there in the second half, but I never really thought like the game was in question for Indiana once they got rolling, and Trace Jackson Davis a big night. I thought Trey Galloway posted the game of his career last night as well, and a number of good takeaways, all with freshman stud Jalen hood Shafino on the bench for a second consecutive game for the Hoosiers. We now know what's next. Arizona in Vegas. Kansas at fog, so on the road, and then, of course, a few other non-conference games to get us through the end of the year and back into Big Ten play from January through early March, and it is going to be a lot of fun, but a big win for IU last night. I think they are back on track, and uh, more on that game coming up here in just a bit. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll break down last night's game. We'll take a look at the box score. We'll take a look at some of the key takeaways coming out of the contest last night. And a few other notes also. Jeff Brom set to go to Louisville. The announcement could happen. I believe it's set to happen later today. That means that in-state Purdue is now on the search for a new college football coach. And we'll talk about that some today on the program as well. Uh, With us today, the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham, segment two, Alex Bozich of Inside the Halls. We'll have an extended chat on IU Hoops. We'll recap things from last night with him and also look ahead to not just Arizona, but the Kansas game in this really tough two-game Uh, stretch, road stretch. One is at a neutral site, the Arizona game. One is obviously at Fog Allen, one of the great arenas, one I have not seen in person in college basketball. So two big national level blue blood type challenges coming up for this Indiana team. We're going to learn a lot more. We've learned a lot here the last couple weeks. We're going to learn a lot more over the next week about this Indiana team as they take on Indiana, and Kansas. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, real easy, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app today and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton. So take advantage of that great deal today. And most importantly, send us a text, your comments, your thoughts. Do you agree with my early thought that the Rutgers road loss on Saturday, a few days back, was an outlier for this team, or do you need to see some more progress since that point to uh, classify that game as an outlier? I'd like to know your thoughts on that at 502 414 1450. Let's get into some of our headlines today. Uh, I think if you talk about the game last night, there's a number of different directions we could go, but you've got to talk about Trace Jackson Davis making some basketball history at Indiana last night. Uh, A triple-double for Trace Jackson Davis. And I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people were looking at how many points he would score last night because he's right in there getting ready to pass, or I guess did pass last night, a player. But Christian Watford, Kent Benson, and Damon Bailey Going into the game last night, if he scored 26 points, he would pass all three of those guys. He entered with 1,716 points, uh, but did not, obviously, reach that level of scoring last night to get the number eight spot all time on the IU list. Obviously, he's easily going to get that, but he scored 12 points, so he's still behind Watford. Vincent and Bailey, and uh, can pass all three of them here against Arizona. And Obviously, one game, two games, he's going to jump ahead of some great names in IU basketball history. There's no question about that. But that wasn't the storyline last night. The storyline is that he had a triple-double, and amazingly, it's just the third in the history of this storied IU basketball program. Looking back in that category, Steve Downing, had a triple-double back in 1971, and then Jawan Morgan, the most recent triple-double in IU history in the 2018 season. So to me, it is amazing when you think of the 80s and the 90s, even the 2000s, but especially the 80s and 90s with Bob Knight and some of the great years of IU basketball. I know triple-doubles are a rarity uh, at any program, uh, but it's amazing to me that there was not a single triple-double in the 1980s or the 1990s at Indiana. Downing in 71, Morgan in 18, and now TJD TJD in 2022 uh, for the Hoosiers. You know, he often, Trace often has a double-double. I'd love to know how many of those he has in his career at this point. And obviously, I would bet a lot of additional double-doubles ahead. But the assist category, first time last night, that he has ever reached uh, double figures in assists and, of course, uh, a big cheer at that moment. And uh, you could see Trace knew what was going on uh, with that final assist in the ballgame to secure uh, a triple-double. But that was the headline last night. I also thought uh, Trey Galloway had a huge night for Indiana. He had a career-high 20 points. And, again, he brings so much energy on Both sides of the floor for this Indiana team. I see his worth, his value to this team growing with each and every performance for the Hoosiers. And I think if you want to have one negative from last night, Xavier Johnson continues to struggle. That was the second game in a row that he just wasn't the Xavier Johnson that you might remember in the final weeks of the season and in the Big Ten Conference tournament when Indiana went on that nice little run and really corrected the season in many ways and was able to punch their ticket barely to the NCAA tournament, Xavier Johnson was huge in what he did, not just offensively but on the ball defense as well. And He just has not looked good. He just has not looked himself. He had four points last night and unbelievable seven turnovers Seven turnovers and 29 minutes of play from your fifth-year senior and a guy that's really important when he has the basketball uh, in his hands. So, you know, he struggled these last few games without Jalen Hood-Shifino in the lineup as Indiana moves into Arizona and Kansas coming up. Uh, will hood Shafino be available? That is a big question as well. Of course, I, I, we have to say this. You know, the Nebraska win was great. Indiana very comfortable in how things Finished up last night, but Nebraska was missing their, their best player. I don't think there's any question about that. In the pregame, it was announced that Sam Greasel would be out with an illness. He came in from North Dakota State uh, and is the second leading scorer on this Nebraska team. So one of their best players, maybe their best player in certain games, but definitely a miss for them last night. Indiana took advantage of it. Not only won the game, but won the game in pretty convincing fashion as well. And now a really interesting test coming up because the Hoosiers head to the Sin City uh, for an interesting game against Arizona. And I'm uh, really not sure what to make of this Arizona ball club. They are a team that has had some ups and downs this season. And if you just saw them in that Utah loss where they didn't just get beat, but they got it handed to them pretty good, that they did not look like a you know top-tier team. But overall, their body of work would say that they are. So, Uh, An interesting game, but a game Indiana needs to try to win. There's no question. And uh, Justin Kalin just texted me, our great producer here on this show, most days. Uh, He counted it up real quickly. 36 double-doubles for TJD in his career so far. Justin, you also told me before the show that the last triple-double that took place at Indiana for uh, what you were on the radio call of that game the other side, not the IU broadcast, but I think it was against Jacksonville State. So uh, you've got a thing with triple doubles, and you were there when Jawan Morgan had his in 2018, isn't that right?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and pretty cool when I was doing research, looking into all the other ones in Indiana history last night, and I realized that it was 2018 against Jacksonville, and I was like, well, that's about the time that I would have been, I did color commentary for that game, because I know the play-by-play guy for Jacksonville pretty well. Um, So, I hit him up when I saw that game on the schedule. He agreed to let me do the game with him. And then I didn't realize it during the game when Trace Jackson Davis was getting his triple-double that I had actually seen the last one in Indiana history live and in person. So, it was a pretty cool revelation for me late last night.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Justin Kalen with me. Justin, let me ask you this. I mentioned this as a text line question today. Was the Rutgers road loss an outlier for this Indiana team? Was that them having collectively an off game trace jackson davis obviously really off in that game from very early on or do you need to see more maybe a win over arizona or some tough battling by indiana at fog allen against kansas to say it was an outlier
3: i think it maybe was an outlier but like at the same time i I do need to see more i want to see more i think despite Jalen Hood Chafino not playing last night, him being out of that Rutgers game was a huge blow to Indiana. Now last night they were able to get away with it because they got the great three point shooting from Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway and even Miller knocked in one or two. So that offset not having Jalen Hood Shafino, but the longer he's out, that's that's scary for Indiana. They need him back. Hopefully he's he's able to come back for that Arizona game.
2: Absolutely. One other question, Justin. Jeff Brom set to be named Louisville football coach later today at a press conference. It looks like, uh, obviously that's been a buzz here in our local market, which is heavy on Louisville television. But what does that mean for Purdue? And do you agree that Jeff Brom leaving Purdue, the in-state rival for the Hoosiers and leaving the big 10 conference? I think it's a good thing for Indiana football.
3: Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with that. Now, the one bad thing I think that could go into this is the fact that Jeff Brom has whoever comes in and takes over as head coach for Purdue. Brom left that in a really, really good spot. I mean, they just played for the Big Ten Championship. Granted that they lost, but still, that's that's the furthest they've gone in program history when you think about all these bowl championships. Or, conference championships and subsequent bowl games so whoever comes in and takes over for Purdue has it in a really good spot I'm just I'm interested to see what happens with some of the players on Purdue is Brom able to bring them with him to Louisville do they just opt to transfer out of the program completely and just cut ties with Brom or what I mean I think there is a really good opportunity at Purdue as much as I hate saying it
2: absolutely Justin Kalen thank you for your input today. One other note I wanted to bring up here in our opening segment. Watch out for Illinois. They were down uh, eight, nine points with less than eight minutes remaining in regulation Tuesday and then came back to knock off previously undefeated Texas. They closed the game, I read, on a 22-12 run and didn't get a single point from Shannon, their leading scorer. That is Terrence Shannon Jr. in that stretch. So another big win for Illinois on Tuesday night. They are looking good early, and I think I would add them to the upper echelon of the Big Ten Conference at this early point, along with Indiana, who maybe took a little bit of a knock with their loss to Rutgers and the way that game played out, and probably also Purdue. And there are other teams to watch as well, but Illinois definitely seems early on as a team to watch this season in the Big Ten Conference, and they have won some big games in the non-conference schedule so far. High school basketball on Friday will be at the Doghouse in New Albany for the first real rivalry game of the Southern Indiana high school basketball season. Floyd Central at New Albany. Chatted a little bit last night with Jim Shannon. He's got his ball club sitting at 3-0 in his final year coaching the Bulldogs. Some nice wins so far over Clarksville. A rare, real narrow one-point win over Bloomington South and a nice overtime road win at Evansville-Harrison. And the Highlanders, under first-year coach Greg Walters, they are 1-0. They had no problem at all with Meade County back at the end of November, 64-21 the final score. But talking with Coach Shannon in his 25 years at New Albany, can't ever remember a time where this game took place in early December on this same weekend, and it's been on that place now for many, many years where the Highlanders entered the game with just one game under their belt. There's been times when Floyd has had three or even four games in advance of that New Albany contest. Of course, New Albany, three games under their belt heading into the big Friday rivalry matchup. But we'll hear from both coaches. Jim Shannon on Friday to start the show. Coach Greg Walters in his first year will join us uh, in that first segment tomorrow as well. So we'll kind of get some game day thoughts from both coaches. We've done that over the years many times. And an interesting point tomorrow will be Jim Shannon, unless New Albany and Floyd play again in the sectional, depending on how the drawings and the postseason works out, after 25 years, this could be the last rivalry game for him between the two schools in the same system. And for Greg Walters, yes, he's been around Floyd as an assistant before, but this will be the first game for him as the boss of the Highlanders. So I think it'll be a good competitive game. It's so hard to know right now. Maybe I give Floyd the, the edge as far as being a slight favorite in that game, but I do think fans will be treated to a good contest, a fun game on Friday night. And I just hope that as we get further and further into the high school basketball season this year, that some of these real meaningful games when New Albany and Jeff and Floyd Central, New Albany, Jeff, Providence is in that mix as well. Silver Creek also, some of those big rivalry games. I hope we still get the crowd that we've seen in recent years when New Albany was so good with Romeo and Sean and Silver Creek loaded with the crew that they had. By the way, Trey kaufman Ren, he's playing well. His red shirt year has paid off for him at Purdue but hope that the crowds continue. I know there may not be the the big names, the division 1 talent, those number 1 or 2 rankings that those teams held for so long during those periods, but definitely big rivalry games coming and let's hope the fans and even the students especially continue to get out and support those games because often it's the big crowds that make Southern Indiana High School basketball what it is. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. We'll break down last night's Indiana win over Nebraska. TJD, a record night. Trey Galloway, also a career night. Some issues, though, with Xavier Johnson. And what is the status of freshman guard Jalen hood Shafino. Arizona coming up. Kansas coming up. Boy, there's lots to get to. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All
2: right, we're back on this Thursday program. I meant to mention this earlier. My thanks to Steve Cooley, the New Albany football coach, and the Hoosier Hills Conference football coaches. It was great to get an opportunity to MC the Hoosier Hills Conference football postseason banquet. They bring in all the all conference first team winners, also the honorable mentions as well, and uh, give them a chance to be highlighted. Kind of a neat thing that I don't think a lot of conferences do individual type deals like that in the postseason it was up at ivy tech in the ogle center very nice setup for those young men and their families and it was great to see all the coaches and talk some football and kind of start to think ahead for next year what new albany and floyd and jeff are locals in that conference could be like but appreciated the invite and a fun night on Tuesday it was to recognize the very best of the Hoosier Hills Conference for the 2022 football season. The uh, Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you've got a thought on IU basketball or better yet, a question for the great Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall who joins us on Thursdays to talk IU basketball college hoops and more and Alex I think it's safe to say Indiana got back uh, on the winning track last night in a big way with a very comfortable win over Nebraska
1: yeah a nice bounce back effort um, for them considering just how poorly things went over the weekend up at Rutgers and and that's really the, the sign of a team with some maturity and good leadership being able to to bounce back and not let things uh, snowball or carry over uh, from one game to the next. Uh, I thought overall it was a really well balanced performance. You know, Trace Jackson Davis obviously with an excellent game, uh, recording a triple double. I'm sure we'll talk uh, more in depth about that, Matt. But overall, uh, I thought from just a lot of different guys in the roster uh, Xavier Johnson obviously struggled, but a lot of other players picked up and Picked it up and played really well. Miller Kopp, Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates, all with strong individual performances. And defensively, uh, I thought Indiana uh, was really strong uh, yesterday as well, holding uh, Nebraska to, I think it was .9 points per possession. They have held, I believe, eight of their nine, uh, nine uh, opponents so far under a point per possession. The one that scored over a point per possession was Xavier, that, that road game that they won. And they're 11th, I believe, right now. You look at their adjusted defensive efficiency numbers over at Ken Palm. So, as much as we, you know, we talk about Indiana needing to shoot the ball better from the perimeter and, and different guys contributing offensively, uh, it's good to see that this team is still winning uh, with defense. They really played well enough defensively, I thought, at Rutgers to win that game, but just couldn't muster up enough offense uh, to, to to win that game. And uh, but but yeah, last night was a really strong bounce back effort, I thought, against the team that uh, Nebraska. You know, they, they, they were without their second best player, their most important perimeter guy, and, and I thought they were competitive. They looked more organized and uh, better uh, than the three previous teams that Fred, Fred Hoiberg has put on the floor in Lincoln so far.
2: Absolutely. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall. You can read his coverage of last night's game at InsideTheHall.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at InsideTheHall. Uh, Alex Trace Jackson Davis, his triple double. No real surprise on the points or rebounds. Uh, He's had a boatload. I think 36, Justin Kalin said in the last segment, uh, double-doubles in his time at Indiana. But amazing that he reached double figures in assists last night against Nebraska.
1: Yeah, I mean, teams are going to double-team him. Uh, That's going to be a theme all season. Uh, He was better uh, passing out of it last night than I'd seen him at any point. Obviously, those last couple assists of the game were – a little bit more just him facilitating and freelancing than they were then about him uh, getting double teamed. But, yeah, you know, he's he's really improved on that. I feel like over the course of his career, he's always been a, a pretty willing passer. Um, but, it, you know, the more attention that you're getting when you catch the ball in the post and the different coverages that teams uh, throw at him, it's it's a lot to handle. Uh, for a guy uh, on the basketball court, uh, especially, you know, when you're not the greatest ball handler. I mean, I, Trace is pretty good for a, for a big guy, but you'll see a lot of instances around the country where, where double teams are sent and guys panic and throw the ball away. He's gotten a lot more comfortable with it, and, and last night he was terrific uh, getting uh, those ten assists. It was a legitimate triple-double. I mean, that's, you know, Jawan Morgan had one a couple of years ago. It was against Jacksonville. That was a great accomplishment, obviously. But when you do it in a conference game um, against the, uh, you know, a team that you know, Nebraska is obviously not the best Big Ten team, but they're competitive. They just won at Creighton, so they're a solid team. So that was, uh, to me, uh, as good of, of a game uh, as Trace Jackson has played overall. Uh, I think he also had three assist or three blocks and three steals. So. He did a little bit of everything last night. He was all over the place, and it was good to see Indiana win uh, without him having to score You know, 20, 25 points. He just scored 12 points. He had a chance, if he would have scored uh, a little bit more, to, to jump, I think, into the top eight or so on the all-time scoring list. He'll probably do that this weekend uh, in the Arizona game. But but overall, I thought Trace Jackson Davis was, was terrific last night.
2: Alex Bozic inside the hall. Alex, you've covered and followed IU basketball for – Many years, I know triple-doubles anywhere, any level, uh, are a rarity, but don't you think it's odd that there were no triple-doubles in the 80s or 90s, some of the great years uh, for Bob Knight with all the wonderful players that moved through the program at that time? Uh, You would think that there would be at least one every 10 years or so, and that's not the case. You've got to go all the way back to 1971 and Steve Downing between his triple-double and the 2018 uh, triple-double for uh, the Hoosiers as well.
1: Yeah, it's a really hard thing to do at the college level. One one thing, I mean, the game's obviously eight minutes shorter than the NBA game, so you're not playing as many minutes. Uh, the shot clock is longer. I mean, a lot of, you know, I don't exactly know when the shot clock came into the game, but I assume that there was, uh, you know, there, I know at one point the shot clock was 45 seconds, and so not as many possessions. It's obviously been lowered now since so, the so games are being played uh, with more possessions, which gives players more opportunities. I think that has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, it, at, the, at the college level, there's just not many guys who are capable of, of doing all those three things. Well. I mean, you'll, you'll see guys that get double-doubles routinely, uh, points and rebounds. I mean, you'll see some guys that get double-figure assist games. But to be able to do all three, uh, it's you know there's just not as much talent at this level uh, that there's a, that you see regularly in the NBA and obviously NBA games more have tempo, more pace, more possessions and and that I think allows guys to to be able to do that. but yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised, only three in program history, um but like I said, man, I think a lot of it just has to do with kind of the style of play and uh, how many possessions that that uh, that teams got in games in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and they'll was less than what they're getting now.
2: Alex, what's going on with Xavier Johnson? Any clue? He was so good for the Hoosiers last year down the stretch and at times has done some good things this season, but the Rutgers game and the Nebraska game last night, uh, not good performances for him. Four points and seven turnovers in 29 minutes.
1: Yeah, he's not been good the last couple of games. I mean, he He has played well at times this year. The Xavier game was a perfect example of that. They don't win that game with without him playing uh, the way he did in that row game. I, you know, I think the last couple games he he may have, he looks to me like he's maybe just trying to do a little too much with Jalen Hood Shafino out. Uh, he's had to have the ball in his hands a lot more uh, than he has early in the season. I mean they've they've changed some things with with Hood Shafino on the roster now to where. You know Johnson's not initiating everything every possession, and there's not as much pressure. But with him out, I feel like maybe he's uh, putting a little bit more pressure on himself to try to do everything, and that's just really not a way to be successful. Some of those drives that he had last night, where he's kind of barreling into guys, who picked up a couple of charges. Uh, those were some questionable calls, I thought. But overall, you just can't put yourself in that position. And, and yeah, Indiana can't afford to have him having seven turnovers in a game. I mean, you get away with it against Nebraska, but. Coming up against Arizona and Kansas, they're going to need Xavier Johnson to be more like the player we saw down the stretch of last season. Um, but think back to last year, Matt. That this was kind of what Xavier Johnson was until the end of the season. He'd be up and down. It was kind of like a roller coaster. Some games it'd be really good, and some games uh, it would be uh, difficult to watch. And, and so far, the beginning of this season has kind of mirrored that. I think for the most part, he's been pretty good defensively. It's just kind of that thing we've talked about for ever since he arrived. You know, he has to concentrate more on just making the play that's there, the simple play, rather than trying to force something or make a play that isn't there. I think that's when he gets into trouble. And uh, unfortunately for him, you know, he's a player that when things aren't going well, I feel like the issues just kind of compound and, and maybe uh, make it tougher for him to to get out of it within a game. Uh, the good thing is there's not a lot of time for him to think about things and. It uh, was a quick turnaround to Saturday night's game uh, against Arizona out in Las Vegas, so hopefully uh, for Indiana sake, he'll be able to turn it around quickly.
2: Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, you know, Alex, as I watch this Indiana team in good times and bad times this season, I go back to two players specifically that I think Indiana has to get some level of consistency from if they're going to be Big Ten championship level good. Xavier Johnson, who we just spoke about, is one of those guys, and Miller Kopp is the other. Those are the two that uh, can't be so streaky and have to deliver uh, what they can do at a reasonable level. Level, I think, night in and night out to win the Big Ten. Yeah, um,
1: it's it's going to be a battle this year. I mean, this is this is going to be. I think, just looking at the Big Ten this year, uh, it, it's. I, you know I feel like in the preseason we talked about the Big Ten maybe being down and not as strong but you know if that's one of the, the two or three worst teams uh, in the Big Ten that Indiana played last night in Nebraska that this is going to be a really tough league and um you know it's 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 amazing to me uh just how good the coaching is uh overall in the Big Ten I think there's just a lot of really good coaches and a lot of different systems that are tough to play against. And, and overall, I just think it's going to be uh, another season that these teams are going to beat up on each other. And I just hope that you know when it all comes down to it at the end, the, the, the Big Ten uh, has a little bit more success this season and uh, when it gets to tournament time, because it's been so many years in a row now where the league's talked about being this you know juggernaut in the regular season. A lot of a lot of great battles all season, and then the flop comes in the NCAA tournament and. That's just really been unfortunate because I don't think it's really reflected the quality of the league. But I'm just, you know, I'm just really surprised watching Nebraska last night how improved they are. I'm not saying that they're a team that's a threat to, you know, be even in the top ten of the league in the standings. But if that's, you know, kind of one of the bottom feeding teams this year, it's going to be a real battle in the league.
2: Yeah, no question. Jalen Hood-Shafino, he's a stud. He's going to be really good, I think. Uh, But but what's going on with him? What what are you hearing? What do you know? Um, Is there a chance he's back for some of these big upcoming games with Arizona and Kansas? Or is this something that could keep him out a little longer to make sure that he's ready and healthy for the Big Ten season at the first of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been described as a day-to-day thing at this point. So I guess that's what we have to take it as. He seems to be moving around okay in terms of walking uh, around before games and um, you know, sitting there on the bench it doesn't look like he's uh, it doesn't seem to be a, a long-term thing but it's hard to know with a back injury those can be really tricky and um, you know it's something that can can definitely linger and, and it, it, every guy is different uh, there's not really a timetable i don't feel like on when your back's going to feel better i mean it' just it's really dependent on how uh, you respond to treatment but Indiana could really use him back uh, in the lineup because, like I said earlier, I think it's impacting uh, Xavier Johnson's play a little bit ha- having Hirschafino out, and I think it just makes it uh, a little bit tougher in terms of depth, uh, not having him out there. He's a good defender, hasn't shot the ball particularly well, but uh, the other thing, you know, with only these two games coming up, and then two other non-conference games later, you know, later in December, and then that long break, I think. They, Indiana plays December 23rd, and then they don't play again until January 5th. You don't want to do any rush, anything that's going to jeopardize uh, his long-term availability this season. Uh, If he's not ready to play, Indiana's just going to have to to battle on without him uh, these next couple of weeks. But I think it's most important that they have him uh, available for the meat of the Big Ten schedule because he he feels like a guy that they're really going to need to have uh, to be successful once Big Ten play resumes uh, January 5th.
2: Alex, I want to talk some about the Big Ten here in just a moment, but Arizona is next in Vegas for this Indiana team. Kansas will follow that. Uh, What's your read on Arizona? I know the loss to Utah was a little surprising uh, in the way that it took place, but what's the scouting report on this Wildcats team?
1: Yeah, it's uh, a team that had a lot of turnover. Obviously, from last season, they were a really good team and, and lost some guys, but they've uh filled holes uh very well they've been obviously uh successful this year they're ranked a little bit lower than indiana and Ken palm but i think in the polls they may be a little bit higher but but overall you know i think they're just a well-coached team that overall you know they're they've got some some size on the inside i think that can be disruptive uh their depth isn't really uh a strength of theirs so that's Another reason Indiana, if they can get Hitcher Shapino back, I think it's a chance for them to be able uh, to take advantage of that. But they're just a really well-coached team and uh, a team that uh, I think Indiana's going to have to play really well to beat, especially out in Vegas, you know, traveling a couple time zones over. Arizona's going to bring a lot of fans. Indiana's obviously going to have a lot of a lot of fans there, too. I think it'll be a great atmosphere and, and just a really good uh, test for Indiana. Uh, and it's An opportunity to get a quad one win uh, that, that could really – Stick out on the resume. It's a it's a game right now. If you look at Ken Palm, it has Indiana a slight favorite to win. So it, to me, it, it kind of feels like a fifty fifty opportunity. If Indiana can win this game, you know, all of a sudden they're three and zero in those marquee non conference games, and then uh, they they go to uh, Kansas, kind of with uh, with playing house money a little bit, so to speak, with with the non conference schedule and have a chance to pull off the upset there. So. I think it would be a great game. I think it's just a, a great opportunity uh, to play a good team on a neutral court, and, and I think Arizona is very good. I think I know Tommy Lewis has done a, a really good job there, and, and they did have a you know an upset loss I think earlier in the season uh, to Utah, but that's the only loss. And they're just a really talented team. I think that Indiana is going to have to play well to beat.
2: Alex, I know that Kansas will be the tougher environment. It's a true road game, whereas the Arizona game is on a neutral floor. At a hotel in Las Vegas, but what's who's the tougher opponent here on paper? Is it Kansas, who what I think has just one loss to Tennessee?
1: I think it's Kansas because of the environment. the road game. Uh, obviously, they're coming off a national championship team, but last year. But they've also had a lot of turnover with the roster, different guys uh, coming in uh, to the mix. But you know, they've they've also uh, had a an early season loss, but. Going into Kansas, I mean, you, they don't lose very many home games, let alone non-conference home games. I know Kentucky went in there last year and beat them, but that was kind of the exception, uh, rather than the rule. They're, uh, they're just going to be really, I think, ready to play that game out in Lawrence. And, you know, that's a, a game that Kansas, for its non-conference resume, really needs to win. So I think that game's a lot tougher than Arizona. Um, not saying that Indiana, can't can't win it, but I think if they're going to win one of these two road you know kind of remaining marquee neutral court games, it's going to be uh, on Saturday uh, against Arizona and Las Vegas.
2: Alex, I believe uh, before the season began in talking about the Big Ten conference this year, uh, you were one that in the media poll, the unofficial media poll, did not vote for the Hoosiers, and most did. You were very high on Illinois, and I was just bragging on Illinois in our headline segment today because they knocked off Texas and came storming back to do so on Tuesday night. They are playing some good basketball, and I think as you look at the upper echelon of the Big Ten, uh, I have Indiana in there, even with the loss at Rutgers, but Purdue and Illinois I've got right there at the top as well. I think this Illinois team is going to be really good this year.
1: Yeah, the thing about Illinois is they've not really been together very long either, and they've got a lot of new players that they're still uh, kind of getting used to. Uh, cohesion and how they want to play together. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, Matthew uh, Meyer, kind of at the top of that list of the kind of the two impact transfers. But they got a lot, a lot of young players, and uh, you know Brad Underwood's done a terrific job uh, there. Going back to you know when he was hired, obviously it was kind of slow in the first couple of years, and it, uh, took him some time to get things turned around. But they were really good last year, and I think it's a much different team this year. Obviously without Kofi and Trent Fraser and Plummer and Carbello, those guys being gone, uh, Grandison gone too. I think he went to Duke, but uh, they they did really well in the transfer portal. Uh, they have developed some of the younger players as well, and then they got some talented freshmen. So they're going to be a, a full-level team. You know, I don't necessarily think that they're better than Indiana. I just think that their schedule, uh, when you look at the Big Ten schedule, they got a much more favorable uh, draw in terms of who they play twice and the road and uh, the road in the way, single plays. I think Illinois has probably a couple game advantage built in just uh, that way, so Indiana's really going to have to outperform kind of what the projection is. Uh, if they're going to want to win the Big Ten, it's not going to be easy, and Purdue's going to be right there as well. I think Purdue has a, a more favorable schedule than Indiana as well
2: in league play. Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's with us Thursday. Some big ones coming up for the Hoosiers here at, in advance of the holiday, and then Right after the first of the year, it's Big Ten basketball the rest of the way until March and the Big Dance, the NCAA tournament. Alex, as always, thanks for the chat today. All
1: right, thanks, Matt.
2: Have a good one. All right, Alex Bozich with us on Thursday of InsideTheHall.com. We'll head to our last commercial break. When we come back, a look at high school basketball this weekend and a few other local topics don't forget if you missed the live show you can always find us as a podcast all you got to do is search for the hoosier report with matt dennison and you'll find us wherever you listen to podcasts stay with us this is the hoosier report with matt dennison
0: Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill
1: to
0: be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. I mentioned high school basketball coming up this weekend. Some nice games, but none bigger than New Albany and Floyd Central on Friday night—a big rivalry contest. A look at the area: Borden—they'll take on uh, South Central on, uh, excuse me, South, yeah, South Central on Friday, and that's a conference game for the Braves. And then uh, they'll be at Crothersville on Saturday. So two conference games for Doc Nash and his Borden team. Matt Lynch in Charlestown, 2-2 two and two on the season. They'll be at rival Clarksville on Tuesday night, and that is their lone game of the weekend. Also Christian Academy, another rivalry game coming up on Friday. Christian Academy and Rock Creek, both 1A schools who compete in the same sectional, will battle in a big Friday night affair as well. Uh, other games, Henryville on Friday. They will host Austin, and then also on Saturday, Return home, well they will host Hauser in uh, two home games this weekend for Henryville. Also Jeffersonville, Sharon Wilkerson's Ball club sits at two and two with uh, some good wins, Dawson Evansville North, and some losses to really good teams. Number one, Indianapolis Cathedral and also Warren Central as well. Uh, the Red Devils will open up Hoosier Hills Conference play with one of the early games of the season. Friday night when they host Seymour. And Seymour, if you look at them, I think they'll be solid this year, but they're 0-4. They've lost one game by four points, one game by 12, one game by six, and one game, another game by six. So they've been uh, right in there with everybody they've played this season uh, to start things off. So we'll see how Seymour and Jeffersonville turns out on Friday. New Washington takes on Southwestern Hanover on Friday. Providence has a double weekend as well. They will host Lanesville Friday night and then a good game on Saturday, Providence at Scottsburg. The Pioneers 1-1 early on will take on 4-0 Scottsburg, who had a big win over Cincinnati Walnut Hills on Saturday. At Charlestown, so uh, the Warriors, a very solid team. It appears in Southern Indiana High School basketball this season. Silver Creek, they're at North Harrison. That's been a huge game on this weekend, uh, Friday night in previous seasons. The Dragons this year, two and one. North Harrison is one and two. Probably not definitely not as much hype in that game this year, but still a big early season. Mid-Southern Conference game for both teams. This game is not this weekend, but next up after the Friday night game at North Harrison for Silver Creek will be a game against Jeffersonville the following weekend. So some interesting games coming up in our high school basketball scene. I mentioned earlier Louisville is expected. To officially introduce Jeff Brom, its former star quarterback and former assistant coach at U of L, as the next Louisville head football coach after the departure of Scott Satterfield earlier in the week, and it's really interesting just to kind of watch the chain reaction that happens when a college football coaching change is made, or someone is fired, or someone is hired. Satterfield to Cincinnati. Brom now to Louisville and Purdue coming off of a great season under the leadership of Brom is now open. And of course, Indiana fans uh, watch that with uh, some intensity because you want to know who's going to be the next boss of the bullet makers. I mentioned earlier, I think Brom out of the big 10 conference and out of the Indiana Purdue rivalry, is good for Indiana football in a few different ways. Number one, with recruiting. Yes, Brom will still continue to recruit Indiana with his proximity to the state at U of L just across the river. But he's no longer at an in-state rival uh, that's going to take on the Hoosiers in a big conference game. So I think it's good for Indiana. It's good for the Big Ten conference. Uh, obviously, Coach Brom doing some good things at Purdue uh, in the West Division. A little different than Indiana's East Division setup. But still, you can't argue with the successes he had uh, at Purdue leading that football program. And it looks like uh, a very incentive-based contract coming Brom's way at Louisville, which is going to be interesting to learn more about. That's always one of my more fun things when a hire is made, whether it was Coach Woodson a couple years or a year and a half ago or whatever the situation is. I like kind of looking through the contract and finding out what the deals are and what's going to make these coaches more money and make these contracts go from good or great to exceptional, a lot of these incentives are really can bring in amazing uh, additional monies for some of these coaches. But I was listening uh, to something earlier this morning that uh, Coach Brom's contract, it, it is believed, will be heavily, heavily incentivized as far as ways for him to make more money and to grab bonuses as well. That's going to wrap things up for our Thursday program. Don't forget we've got New Albany hosting Floyd Central live from the Doghouse at New Albany coming up on Friday night. Our pregame coverage will begin around 7:15 and tip-off in that New Albany Floyd game is scheduled for 7:30. And as always, uh, on our Friday show, Jim Shannon of New Albany will join us in the first segment tomorrow and right on the heels of our quick chat with Coach Shannon tomorrow. Coach Walters of Floyd Central will make one of his, I guess, first or second appearance on this radio program as he'll join us to preview that big game as well. In addition to some of the regular guests we have on Fridays, you can hear directly from both of the head coaches involved in that big rivalry game in our opening segment of our Friday program. Have a great Thursday, just a couple days away from IU Arizona A big game out in Las Vegas, and then following that, obviously, a big road challenge for the Hoosiers as they play at Kansas. That's going to be interesting. Kansas and Fog Allen, one of the places in college basketball I have not been that I would love to see and take in for a big game like what that Indiana and Kansas meetup will be like a little later next week. Again, have a great Thursday. We'll be back with you Friday. Thanks for being with us, hopefully, each and every day, here on the program and I'll be back with you at 11 a.m. with coach Shannon and coach Walters Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune and Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star all coming up on our Friday program until then this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.